You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. You know, we have, uh, we have um, an emphasis here. One of our emphases here in this church is that we believe that the ministry of the Lord Jesus to, the, to his body is a five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And uh, it is the will of God for you to hear from Jesus on a regular basis uh, in all the, all the various avenues through which he flows. How many of you know that he is in your heart? He's in all of our hearts. But he does special things through special people from time to time. You know, man, gifted man, man, gifts can manifest in just any believer. Any, anybody can prophesy, but not everybody is a prophet. Can I have a better amen? Okay. Anybody can pastor, but not everybody's a pastor. Anybody can teach, but not everybody's a teacher. There, there are ministry offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, in which the, the church world at large knows very little about. But uh, I thank God for this congregation, this group of elders who really understands that. And Miss Ann and I work as a team, but I'm really very little of a pastor. I'm mostly apostolic in my, in my ministry call. And Miss Ann is a true pastor to the bone. She, she will get on the phone with you, and she will pray with you. And when she hangs up, she'll be crying, and she'll be talking to Jesus about you. And I'm going, to supper ready? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's it's a good partnership we have, and uh, it's a good partnership, and I thank God for that. But uh, God, yeah, God God has brought into our God has brought into our lives great great ministry team leaders, great, uh, ministry partners, uh, a number of them, and they're going to be here March thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. They came last October. About half of them came last October. I'm going to try to get them all here in the spring. So we're talking about it a lot, March 13th, 14th, and 15th. It's a gathering of the five-fold ministry. One of those who is a part of that net, net network that I oversee is a guy by the name of Joe Outlaw. He and his wife, Tricia, and their beautiful daughters. They are a strong, strong prophetic anointing on this man's life. Prophet, teacher. And if you read the book of Acts chapter 13, it says there were prophets and teachers at Antioch. Prophets and teachers, only two things it names. Well, we know there were apostles and there were pastors. There had to be all the others too. But the ones that pointed out what Antioch was replete with was prophet teachers. And if you look in the Greek, it doesn't really say prophets and teachers. It said prophet teachers, prophets who taught the word of God. I want to set this in, in your mind just a little bit. Prophets may say, I see, I see, I see, and the Lord is saying this and the Lord is saying that. That's how prophets act. But they also, they also see the Bible differently than we do. And they sometimes when they're teaching, it's just a revelatory thing. It's why we all love Brother Hagin. He was a prophet, if there ever was one, but he taught the word in a way that caused you to say, well, I never saw it that way. You understand what we're, what we're saying? That's what we have in the house today. I want you to honor this great man of God. He, and by the way, his wife is a dreaming machine. She, she sees things when she's asleep more clearly than most people do when they're awake. And uh, together they make a dynamic duo of, of the things of the Spirit. And I want, you to ask, I want to ask you to join me in giving a good river welcome to the prophet Joe Outlaw. morning. I, uh, let me get this squared away. Um, Pastor John, I just got nervous. And I'm not, I'm not talking about for preaching. You know, when the presence of God, when you, you understand you're next to him, <laughs> you know, you just kind of get in awe, and that's kind of what I feel. And uh, just what Pastor John was saying, is he, man, I, I couldn't have said it any better. What, you know, that I, I want you to see something this morning, and uh, I, I'm going to go through probably a, more scriptures than you're used to. It'd be better if you don't try to write everything down, and even don't turn. 
And I'm not doing that saying, don't check me out. Please check me out. But uh, I, I really don't have time to wait. You know what I mean? We've got to wait and be real nice. And some folks, you know, they're going. And then they go, then they go to the front of the book and they're, and then, okay. Then you know, we just, we got somewhere to go. And I want you to see something this morning. A lot of people, you know, we're supposed to always get up every morning in faith, believing that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Every morning, waking up, that, that you have overcome the evil one. You've overcome the, the evil one in the world. And that uh, it's not you that live, but Christ that liveth in you. And that's our faith that we, we walk in believing the promise of God, the new birth, every day. But I, I want to show you a promise for the church when we gather together. That when you come to church, you're not, not just believing that you're going to receive, but believing that you're going to be a part of the body of Jesus, and ministry is going to come forth through you and bring forth a, a spiritual uh, outpouring. You know, I really get, you know, I, I, I guess always, uh, and I'm, I'm, I got to, I need a step-by-step-by-step. I need something to do, you know, that kind of work mentality. And it gets in the way sometimes, but it's also good. And, uh, but to say that we're just going to sit back and wait for God to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and we're just going to all sit around and pray for it, believe for it, well, we really don't have Scripture for that, just to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It, it, we need to find, follow the Word to find out what causes an outpouring. You know, there is scripture that tells us how to actually get in line with the will of God for the God's spirit to move in the same way that it moved when Jesus walked this earth. You understand that he was the temple of God. He was the house of God when he walked. And there were some days he taught and there were some days when everybody got healed. Right? There were some days it was prophetic. There were some days that were apostolic. There were some days there was evangelistic. There was, there was something always, uh, the Spirit of God always moved in great ways. And uh, we want to have that in the church without hindrance. This is the temple of God. I mean, this, is what, this is the temple. We are the house. We are the body of Christ. And we come together. We're actually trying to remember him. Not remember, put, put the members back together so that Jesus can have his way. If we're just looking for the pastor to be Jesus, we're missing it. If we're just looking for the elders in the church to, to, to be the spiritual ones, we're missing it. Because everybody in the church has been given a grace. You have a spiritual grace in you, and that when all of them are connected, we have an outflow. We have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And so when we come to church, we want to have faith. We want to believe something. Is there any more light in here? I don't know. I, I, Y'all are kind of blurred. I mean, dark to me a little bit. <laughs> I like to see eyeballs, you know. I like to be able to see eyeballs. Some people hide in the back. They don't want to look. You know, it's kind of hiding. I, I eyeball you in the back. Uh, I don't have any problem seeing far. It's, it's up close, and that's why I got these. And Pastor John showed me there's a, actually an app that pages that you can blow them up. Yeah. Mine doesn't do that. I, I have to have these to read it. Uh, it's pretty small. but uh, So I, I want to start uh, in Matthew, if you will. Matthew 16. And these, every scripture I'm fixing to read, I mean, every one, of my, every one of you know. I mean, you've all heard them. I'm not bringing up some strange thing. I want to put them together, though, in a way that I believe the Spirit of God will enlighten you and open your eyes to where you see the promise. You have sight that, uh, uh, you know how it says, you ever, you ever trying to study in the Bible and just reading it and reading it, and you know there's something there? But you have to keep looking, you keep looking, you keep looking. Next thing, I see it, I see it. Yeah. Well, I expect that to happen here. I expect you to see it before we're through. So follow, follow as much as you can. I mean, really, I don't, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go so I don't, I, don't, I don't go too slow. Trisha said, Joe, Joe watch me because I'll tell you when you, because I go too long. I could preach all day. I, I, I just, I don't understand what's wrong with what Paul did. They all, you know, somebody fell asleep, but that don't, that was only one. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about the rest of them? They apparently was, you know, getting something. So, all right. <laughs> you always bring up the one guy fell asleep and how that was a bad way to preach that way. I had somebody talk about we're going to make movies instead of preaching. Because that old way of preaching puts people to sleep. Can you believe that? <laughs> you got it. All right. Matthew chapter 16. So he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter got a revelation of who Jesus was. That's the, that's the foundation of which the church is built. Faith in Jesus Christ for righteousness. That's what Paul preached. He'd come back and say he, he established the foundation. And he said, take heed how you build on that. He built the church on that foundation. Every church is built on every, I say that. Every faith church is built on that. <laughs> Some of them build it on works, but we build it on the, the word, uh, which is faith in Jesus Christ for righteousness. We're building something, or Jesus is building something. He said, upon that rock, or upon that revelation, upon that foundation of faith in Jesus Christ, I will build my church. You understand, he's building something today. He's still trying to build something. He's wanting to build. He always is thinking about building. I mean, he is never, we're sitting there thinking about receiving, receiving, giving, give me, give me, give me. And and we, we, you know, we kind of have a, we're needy people. We need things. But at the same time, he's trying to build something. He understands we have needs, but at the same time, I want to build something. I'm interested in taking you and putting you into a place that you can then minister to the body and get connected, that that the flow of the Spirit of God can minister to everybody, that we wouldn't have to have one man have this faith that could raise the dead. You know what I mean? I I really believe, and, and I'm saying this by the Spirit of God, as a word to the church. These days of the one man being this supernatural thing is over. Amen. And, it, and it was because there was ignorance in the church. You just didn't know. But God's building a church, and he wants his church to be so uh, that the world wants it. The world wants church. The world ought to be coming into the church because they want what we have. They, they ought to be coming in here. And, and it's just a, it's a matter of, and, and this church is probably just a matter of us, everybody getting in agreement because there's a whole lot of gifts, a whole lot of uh, people in ministry here. But there's some folks that, some of you may be in the wrong place. You know, being in the wrong place is just like being no place. There's no grace coming out. That's a work. You understand? If you're not in the right place, just like you said, if some, somebody, uh, you, not everybody can pastor. You might want to. Yeah, I want to be an apostle. It really don't matter if you want to. It's, it's whether you're anointed or not. Get yourself in trouble and a whole lot of other people in trouble trying to do something you're not. Um, all right. He says, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If the church is, is, is not pre- uh, prevailing, not overcoming, and everything it needs to do, it, it, we, it's just a matter of building, putting people in the right place. Yeah, yeah I, I went through some stuff in the church hearing people talk about church growth programs. <laughs> Always talking about church growth programs. Just do this, do this, do And, and it, it just sounds a lot like what the world does. They try to want to, they want to build something. They want to grow something. But the church isn't in, in that way. If we put the gifts together, we put all the body together, it maketh increase of itself. We're going to get there in a minute. All right. Turn to Ephesians now. It said, uh, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 19 you could just write it down if you don't want to turn there because you know these scriptures. He says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostle and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. For other, uh, um, he, he says in um, that 1 Corinthians 3.11, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the foundation he's talking about. Um, in Ephesians 3, just a few chapters, it says, Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge and my mystery of Christ, which 
in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So he's saying the foundation of the apostles and prophets, talking about faith in Jesus Christ, um, Verse 21, I said, In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. Now, I know uh, the word together is kind of a, I, I want to bring that out. It says, To render close jointed together, that is, organize compactly. Do you know just because we all gather together don't mean we're built? could have just a bunch of stones on the ground but nothing built all graces of Jesus but all scattered out and nothing built and until that built until that temple's built we don't have the presence of God in it and I'm gonna sh- I, I don't I don't mean that in uh, the presence of God's here because <laughs> two of us are here one of us is here in faith but as a, I'm talking about an outpouring of the Spirit of God he wants the temple built I mean I really the, the, the head of the church has a desire to build something, and he wants it his way, not our way. He's not looking to find out what our opinion is or what we would like. It's only his way. I f- have you found that out? That, you know, you say, Lord, can't we, you know, have you ever begged? Can it just go this way, Lord? Can we just do this? This isn't working out. I've tried. This. No, son, this is it. And you can waste years trying to make it another way, but it's not going to go another way. It's only going to go his way. You know why? Because he's a high priest that don't feel sorry for somebody and change the will of God. He only accepts the perfect sacrifice. I mean, it all, you know how the, the priests in the Old Testament got in trouble? because I, I think sometimes they, because they just got the feeling sorry for That's all you had, that spotted lamb, that sick Just bring it in here. I, I'll take that. You bring that spotted stuff to Jesus and he's going to uh, keep you out. You're not coming in with that. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he don't feel sorry for you. He knows you have better than that because he gave you better than that. He gave you a grace. He gave you a gift. And we're to offer up spiritual sacrifices. The only one he wants from you is the Jesus that's in you. You go offering up you, it's, that's, keep that away. Am I too hard? I'm, I'm trying to be hard. I mean, I'm, I see things real clear. <laughs> real black and white. <laughs> We'll let, we'll let the pastor come back in and smooth it all over. <laughs> all right. It said, In whom we are builded together, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple. Growing to a holy temple. Didn't say we were one. It said we're growing to a holy temple. There's a place to go. There's somewhere to go. Just like there is in your personal life. If you think you've already grown all the way, <laughs> you're, you're, you're sad. I mean, that's, if, if I believed I couldn't get any further than I am right now in Christ, I, that's depressing. I want more than where I am. I want to be more of Christ than I have already. All right. He said, in whom you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. That there is the promise. We're built together for something. For, meaning purpose. A per, for the habitation of God through the Spirit. I would imagine there's, you know, as we gather together, especially in a church like this that has so many gifts already in place, there is a, 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 there is a, a presence of the Spirit of God in here, and I don't imagine nothing. I felt it here. It was an awesome praise and worship. And we come together, and just like when I come up here, it's just the presence of God. But you understand it can increase? Amen. I mean, it can increase to the place where we have miracles, and, and what happened? <laughs> Preachers go, what happened back there? Did it not happen? Did not everybody get healed when Jesus went out there? Sometimes it's just everybody. Other times you had to have faith when you touched him, right? So there's somewhere to go. So when we come in church, we want to release our faith for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And and then checking ourselves, are are we where we belong? Am I where I belong? Am I walking in the gift that God's called me? Now, everybody has a different place in their life, and we'll get that in a minute, uh, different times in your life. Uh, the church must be built. 1 Corinthians 
3.10, you don't have to turn there, it says, And according to the grace of God which is given me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. A master builder is a chief constructor. He's the, he's the head builder. That's what the apostle is. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm, I, God had made him a wise master builder. Now, if you can be a wise one, what else can you be? <laughs> I was just going to be nice to say a non-wise person, a non-wise uh, apostle. Right? So he said he'd made him a wise master builder. Paul believed himself to be a builder. He always thought about building something. He was always trying. Remember, ordain elders in every city as I commanded you. Told Titus that. Always, you're building something. You're placing people in positions. Why? He's looking for a, a habitation of God. through. The, he's, he's looking for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost by putting everybody in their place. Remember he said, I, I desire to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. To the end you may be what? Established. Established, that means you're solid. You're, 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 you're a, a, a product that can be used. You're a building that can now be inhabited. We want a building put together. And so he was always thinking about uh, the gifts. I want, to, I want to get a gift to you. Why? So, so you can be established. He didn't say, I want to come there so I can show you the power of God. Although he did. That wasn't his purpose. Because he knew he was going to leave. What good would it be if I come and show signs and wonders and leave and leave you the same way I left? I got there. What good is that? I've told Pastor John, it just grieves me to thought about, you know, if I just, just go on preaching somewhere, preach some message and leave, and yet nothing's changed. They just, it was all great. They saw some glory of God on me, he, you know, he healed somebody or miracles, signs and wonders, whatever, and left. Yet the church is in no better condition than it was when I got there. I would rather, I would rather uh, uh, pray, pray and prophesy over one person and put them in a place than I would, you know, signs and wonders and everybody look at me and see how great I was. I want to build something. I, I'm here to build something. I'm here to actually, not build something, but actually give you sight so you can be thinking about building. Are you, are you part of the building? Or are you just spectators? You just sit back watching somebody else build it. We, everybody has a part to play in it. All right. Um, here's another thing I thought I just got the other day. Uh, you know where it says uh, prophesying edifies the church, but praying in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. And that word edify, Dr. Strong's puts just uh, to be a house builder. Praying in tongues builds a house. You want to find out what you're called to do? Pray in tongues. Long time. Don't pray in tongues for five minutes. Well, I prayed yesterday five minutes. I'm, I don't know anything today. <laughs> I mean, some people call themselves praying. Oh, yeah, I pray in tongues. And last time they did it was two, three weeks ago. Or last time the church got together and prayed. And most of them don't do that, right? <laughs> pray in tongues. Think about it. Paul was a wise master builder. He said, I prayed in tongues more than you all. <laughs> think about it just pray in tongues he give you revelation it'll come it might not come right after you prayed nothing will bite about it it's not going to come right then <laughs> okay you just pray and you put you release your faith and you might get it two three days a week down it might be a month i don't care when it is you just keep praying you'll get a revelation you may be watching tv or watching a football game get a revelation on the church some something in you i don't know i've had more revelations not in the word you know what I mean? Not read my Bible, just walk in, go hear something. Whoa, man, just see something, just like that. Well, pray in tongues. Build your spirit up. You can see something. You start to see spiritual. All right. Um, Ephesians 4. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, verse 3, I'm sorry, there is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, is above all and through all and in you all. But, see that word, but, is all ones, all ones in front of, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, it's not just one. Everybody has a grace. Everybody has a measure of the grace of God. 
everybody, not just, we fix the read, not just a five-fold ministry, everybody. He calls out the five-fold here for a specific purpose. Let's read it. Um, wherefore, uh, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He, when Jesus ascended up on high, he did what? He gave gifts unto men. Watch. Um, John, don't turn there, just John 2, 19, 21. You know these verses. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in built, building, and I will rear it up in three days. But he spake of the temple of his body. When he was raised up, he didn't take that temple to heaven. He gave gifts unto men. He divided himself up and put all of his grace in the church, except the head. He's the head. He divided himself up. He took parts of his body and put it in every one of us. And we have been given the task of putting that body back together. Think about seeing that. You, you each one of you, are a member of Jesus. It, it, it's, it's not not the preacher up here. Matter of fact, remember he said, I have bestowed more abundant honor on that part which seems to lack. What's that mean? You forget about the little fella in the back that don't see like he's sh just shaking hands or just start coming in there. Watch the presence of God not be where it should be in your church. He put that honor on everybody. More abundant honor on that part which seems to lack. Just it seems to lack. Because nobody, nobody is unimportant. Nobody's less important than the other one. We are the body of Christ. And members in particular. <laughs> Hebrews, it says, uh, Hebrews 2, 4 says, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and divers miracles, <laughs> miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. The word gifts there is distribution. Dividing. Same word, dividing asunder of soul and the spirit. He said, distributing, he divided himself, uh, the Holy Ghost divided up Jesus, those grace, according to the will of God. The will of God is that you have a grace. And he divided, when he led captivity, he gave gifts unto men. He divided himself up to you. Each and every one of us have a part of that body. Now, before we go any further in Ephesians, we're going to go to Romans 12. We'll come back to Ephesians. Romans 12, verse 1. Says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. See that acceptable? acceptable. Yes. I meant see that acceptable. <laughs> but acceptable. That means it might not be acceptable. Not saying not going to heaven. I'm talking about you don't, you don't uh, uh, clean yourself up through faith in the new birth. You keep living in sin. Don't expect to walk in the gifts and callings of God in your life. Somebody, well, we can, yeah, you know, God's mercy and he's, he has forgiveness. Yeah, he forgives you. But don't think that he don't expect you to walk in Christ. He expects you to walk without sin. Just like Paul said, God forbid, how shall we that are delivered from sin walk any longer therein? You got to get that out. You do that mainly. <laughs> Separate yourself from the world. Get in the church. Get in the word and have a prayer life. I mean, you'll grow. This is absolutely grow. I mean, that's all I did. I left my friends. I left the world. And I went to church and started reading my Bible, which I understood nothing when I started reading it. Cried trying to read my Bible, going, I don't understand nothing. It was, you know, King James, like I do now. But now I can't understand anything but the King James. I'm serious. I was crying because I couldn't understand that. I was like, that don't make any sense to me. You know what somebody told me when I did it? When the guy that kind of mentored me when I first got saved, he said, just keep doing what you're doing, Joe. It'll be all right. That's all I did, just keep doing it. All right. And be, now, now keep, keep that in, line, uh, in mind as we go through this. Give your bodies a, a acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now that's the a, that's a three, 
three phases of your life. There's three times in your life. The good will of God's what I just got through talking about. I just read your Bible, go to church, uh, come out of the world. Just, just do what you're supposed to do and, and get that foundation built on the inside of you. Because if you don't have a good foundation of uh, faith in Jesus Christ for righteousness, when you go to serve, you'll, you'll, you'll fail. You have to have a good foundation. When the storms come, you'll fail. I, I, I talked to a lady just last night. She let me use the meeting room over there to uh, pray and preaching up in there. And, and when I finished, she, she asked me, she said, what, what you preaching on tomorrow? And if you didn't know it, the title of this is The Manifestation of Christ. And I always kind of scared to tell somebody like that because they go, what? <laughs> you know, you know, he's, you know, they don't know anything about uh, the anointing or anything like that. But I said that, Manifestation of Christ, and kind of explained a little bit to her. And next thing, she starts giving me a story and she had had a long drug life, and, and she's clean now. And, and uh, she'd been giving testimonies about her, how, how God had got her out of that. And, um, but she's having trouble ministering to people. She was getting scared to, just to do something, just to go minister, just to go speak, you know. And uh, I said, you need to work on your foundation. It foundation, if you, if you have that foundation, it's not you that goes, <laughs> it's Christ that goes. Yeah. You, you got to have that, or, or you do get fearful. You do get scared. I mean, that's because you're going in yourself. When you, when you, you know, whatever, I just told her that. So you got to have that good foundation. Uh, all right. And be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So the acceptable will of God, the good will of God, just going to church, doing the right thing. The acceptable will of God is now you can serve in the church, you can help somewhere, but it might not necessarily be what you're called to do. It's just something, it's acceptable. The Lord's going to let you do that now. Like Brother Hagin said, he pastored for 12 years, and then the God, God told him in a vision, said, you're now entering in the first stage of your ministry. Well, I, I got him beat. I pastored for 14 years, and I hadn't been in the first stage of my ministry. But there comes a time that the accept the will of God is not acceptable anymore. That you have to walk in the perfect will of God for your life. He expects everybody to grow up and walk in the fullness of what he's called them to walk in. And we have to see ourselves where we are. And that's what leadership helps you do. Finding out what that, that gift is. Pastor John's always thinking about that. We sat down, I, was, I noticed it while we was eating the tacos over there, Mexican stuff, to your, Dylan, talking to him about, what you doing in the church, son? What you working on? What you, what you, what's your service, you know? He said, drums or something. I don't know what all he said, which I thought, man, we could have used a drummer this morning, huh? He could have been. <laughs> I didn't miss that, though. I just thought about Dylan because he said he played. But Pastor John's always thinking about those gifts, what your calling is, and, and getting you into the right place. Can't help it. It's in his makeup. <laughs> gifts and callings, just always there. Wise master builder. So, and, and so when you're praying about things, you've got some things to talk about, talk to him about it. Miss Ann, too, I'm not saying. But I, I just say, as, as the apostle, gifts, he's always looking for them. Always looking. That's, all, that's what he sees. <clears throat> Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Trans, and he said, transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, kinda, I got a little different take on it. I won't spend much time on it. But, because renew means to, to restore. Well, anybody in here used to know it all? I know we have a few know-it-alls now, but did you, anybody used to know it all? <laughs> uh, but I, to, to renew, to bring it back, you know, we always think about information, getting a lot of information in there. Just reading your Bible study and learn all your rights in Christ, which is all good. But, but to renew your mind, to, to restore it back the way it used to be was back when, before Adam fell. Adam, Adam's mind wasn't led by his, well, his own mind or his physical senses. He was led by the Spirit of God. You're only going to find your gift when your mind listens to the Spirit of God. You can't learn the gift. I mean, you can learn about it, but you're not going to walk in it until your mind is in tune to the Spirit of God and what that, that, the gift is in your life. He must bring you there. He must bring you there. It, as, as great a leadership as you, you could have, 
you're still going to have to have the Spirit of God in your, your life, and you're going to have to have that prayer life and that time that where your mind can follow the Spirit of God. Amen. All right. He says, um, all right, for the uh, good, acceptable, perfect will of God, Paul goes, for I say through the grace given unto me. What's that? The apostolic office. I'm speaking through the apostolic office that I have, and I'm teaching you, and I'm trying to bring you into that same place I'm in. He said, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not that they think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We just talked about that, think soberly. Just because you want to be an apostle don't mean you can be. It's equally as bad to think I'm nothing. (laughs) Every man's been given grace. Everybody. And it's not okay to think that you're not anything. Well, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I just want to help in the church. Well, that's good. But you, you have a grace. You have a special gift in there, not just to help. Yeah. It helps a gift. It helps a grace. But it's actually for a time. I don't believe there's anybody called just to help all the time. I, I, I work the parking lot. Well, you can start there. You know, start in the nursery, whatever. But you have a gift. And some, I've met the people that are called to nursery and called to the children's church, stuff like that. I, 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 don't, know, I don't understand it at all, though. <laughs> I went past John. What's supper, man? <laughs> he said, for I say through the gates given unto me. Or, uh, let's go verse 4. For as we have many members. In, no, 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 no. But to thank soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have a measure of faith for what you're called to walk in. He's not talking about faith to, walk, to, to speak to mountains right here. He's talking about you have faith to walk in the fullness of the grace that's been given you. Just like Paul said, I have uh, the apostolic office of mine. I'm speaking through that grace. Paul, not only did he call himself that <laughs> more than anybody else, he also said it worked mightily in him. He said, he labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He, he spoke about his gift in him, working in him mighty all the time. Consequently, two things there. Two things that Paul did that the other, the other apostles didn't do much of. Paul said, I prayed in tongues more than you all, so you got them all beat. How do you know that? It must have been the Spirit of God. And then he called himself, in the Word, at least... 13, 14 times, it's been a while since I looked it up, a- a- apostle, and then referring to himself by saying, uh, it works in me, the gift works in me mightily, or the grace of God. He referred to his gift all the time. He was always about the work of an apostle. Master builder, that's a reference to his calling. Peter called himself an apostle three times in the beginning of his letters. Pretty much it. James and John didn't even call themselves that. They still did great works. But Paul was the master builder. He called himself what God called him, and he prayed in tongues more than them all. You studied out. I mean, I did. <laughs> just praying in tongues and calling yourself what God. You know, you increase the gift, you increase the anointing in your life by just doing those two things. As we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, he called the measure of faith an office. He called it grace. He called it the perfect will of God. All the same thing. Don't get sidetracked. He's still speaking the same thing. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to proportion of faith. He just said that when we started. Some people would prophesy in a church, but not necessarily are called prophets. It would prophesy to the church at large. Okay, Proportion of your faith. The measure of faith. You've been given a measure of faith to walk in that. Well, I want to prophesy like that prophet on, on TV. You know, I, I, I just have to believe that that's real carnal and they're living a carnal life because if you really pray and believe and spend time with God, you're only going to want what God's called you to do. You're only going to be happy in that. You're not going to be happy doing something somebody else is called to do. Right. 
You won't be fulfilled if God called you to stand up uh, in your church and prophesy a, a word of edification. And that's what you were called to. You knew that was your gift. You, there's nothing else on this planet to make you happier. Nothing may make you more fulfilled. There, I, I, there's people that, that have the gift uh, that they're just so full of cheer, so full of joy. And some people, you ever heard somebody say, I, I, I believe I have a, a gift of joy. I, I, I'd like to be at your, greet people at your door, you know, and they're kind of sad when they say it, you know. <laughs> uh, well, brother, I believe you got a greater gift than that. Let's pray about it, okay? We'll see if we can find, we're going to find, you got a greater anointing than that. But you know, you want the guy sitting at the door greeting somebody that's got the biggest smile. That's and you want somebody to know something by faith because they're going to bring a sad story in and you don't need to be passing out your sad story. Right. One of the things you hate to do is you, go into, you find out where church is at when you go in there and start talking about how bad it was this week. and Oh, God, the devil's got me on the run or something, you know. And, you know, really? We want, we want to help people. And it, and it may be that they have, you know, ministry team, they have pastors in the church that are not head pastors that you can take. You know, I need you to talk to somebody right here and bring them to them. They have a gift of mercy. They could pray for them, whereas you want to judge them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and somebody has a gift of healing. Bring them to them. You know, every, when every gift's uh, uh, walking in their place, everybody's edified. It's, it's not happening when we don't all get there. And like I said, some people are in the goodwill of God. They're not supposed to walk in any perfect will. They're not going to be praying for people. They're going to come in and smile and be excited like I did for the first year Two years, all I, I just loved God and full of joy and reading my Bible. That's all I did. That's what you're supposed to do. You had nothing but a foundation. I've seen the people that came in church and the preacher put them straight to the ministry, put them out on the road. Next thing you know, they're backslidden back out. I'm going, oh, that made me so mad. I just, and I was a, I was a kid when I saw that. We've been married 22 years now, and I've been saved 25 years. And it was 17 years, not 19 years, that we've known each other. I, I miscounted. <laughs> let's go now to, uh, let's go back to Ephesians 4. I didn't read the rest of that teaching exhortation, him that giveth, doeth simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, all these different gifts. In the body, right? Not just fivefold. Right. You, you ever heard the mess? We're, the, the fivefold ministry is a gift. Every one of you are a gift to the body. Yes. The fivefold is a gift to actually teach you and bring you to your place. Right. We're fixing to read that. Ephesians 4, it says, And he gave some apostles, and some, this, remember, after he ascended up on high, he, he, he gave gifts unto men, and he said he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now, we, we just read where he said everybody got a measure of grace. Everybody got grace. So, but he's calling these five out for what purpose? Uh, verse 12, for the, I, I, when I see the word for, the word for is fixing to give you a purpose. Just like the word if, you see the Bible, that's a choice. You see the word therefore, stop, see what's therefore. We see four, he's fixing to tell you what the purpose for. All right? So I read it that way. I read, for the purpose of, fivefold ministry, for the purpose of perfecting the saints or equipping the saints. The very first thing is that pastor or leader in any way is trying to get you equipped. And, that, that, and that, that, that's just not your gift. That's all the equipment you need. Faith in Jesus Christ, that foundation, knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, uh, be, be, being able to believe God for healing in your own life. You know what I mean? You can't, pay, you can't tell somebody else that you're not walking it yourself. You've got to fight. You have to fight for healing. You have to fight for these things. I mean, day in, day out. Don't just slide, you know, let that slide. You've got to keep everything going. Keep your, faith, keep your faith going on all of it. All right? For the purpose of equipping the saints... For the purpose of the work of the ministry. Notice you don't go to work of ministry until you are equipped. Equipped, then for the work of ministry, all for what? For the purpose of the edifying of the body of Christ. All the gifts do what? Edify the body of Christ. Fivefold ministry leads the gifts to, the do, to minister to the rest of the body. Notice he did not say, 
uh, if you're an evangelist, forget me because I'm not talking about you. You want to go out and listen to the world, but you're supposed to be edifying your body. At churches that spend all their time going out in the world, and yet their body's dying. Especially to those of the faith. We should be ministering to this body. You have a gift to minister to this body. All right, for the... Um, That was Romans uh, 1 11. It says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Verse 13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Unity meaning oneness. Remember now, we're, we're fivefold ministries to equip everybody for the work of the ministry, for the building up, edifying mean building up of the body, the structure, the, whole, the building, which is the temple of God. Or the body of Christ. You understand? It's all the same thing. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Remember, he, Paul called it the measure of faith. Till all our faiths come together. If everybody in here walked into faith for their gift, you know what we'd have? The fullness of the faith of Jesus Christ in this building and every work that he did, we would do. It would just happen. He, the Spirit of God would flow. I say it just happened. You still got to have faith for it. I'm saying when you come into church, you're believing for something. You're believing for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You're believing for a manifestation of Christ. That's the anointed one. When we put him together, when we bring the body back together, when we, ha- when we have the vision, you know what I'm saying? So you see it. Can y'all see that? Can y'all you see that we're, we're, we're trying to put him back together? We're not trying. I spent years of my life trying to just be, have the fullness of Christ in my own life. All these scriptures I saw fullness. You know what I mean? Walk in the fullness. And, and you can walk in the fullness of Christ and righteousness, but you can't walk in the fullness of his grace because you only got, I say you only got, but you, you got a measure of grace. You have a gift of grace. Pastor John was talking to us about it a while back. Everybody got one. Now, I mean, everybody, you got more. There's more grace in there. You can do other things, but there's one that's dominant in your life. It's one that you're called to do that's above the rest of it. And you can't put the others above that. Everybody got it. Till we all come in the unity of the oneness of the faith. That, that I kind of put these words. That would, there would be no lack of faith or lack of any measure of the faith of Christ in the church. No lack. It's kind of like, are you believing for the fullness in your own life, and are we believing for the fullness in the church? See, it's, I mean, it's just two different things, but it's the same thing. I'm, I want the fullness in my own life, but I also want the fullness in the church. Amen. That corporate anointing is going to be a lot greater than the one that's on your life. When you get all of us together, we have, all, we have the manifold grace of God putting the power back in the church. I, I, think, I think when that kind of power is in the church... The world, see, they'd be going, how do I get off at this exit? I mean, where, where's, because I don't know how you'd get off there. I don't know. I, I got to get to that church right there. Isn't that how it happened in, in, uh, when there was revivals? Was, there, was it not people just came? Saw fire burning on top of buildings. Just came in. I, I believe that's something we can achieve by, by believing. Now, and it's not, it's not a, a physical word. If if everybody in here is actually working and doing something, that don't mean you've done it. You have to be in your grace, or at least in that time, the good will of God or acceptable will of God. You have to be in your I thought it, I thought it like this, just kind of, a, um, you know, there's three, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, kind of like be 33% of your church. <laughs> you know what I mean? 33% acceptable, 33% in the perfect will of God. They ought to be, and then moving on. Right? They ought to be moving on. Once they get that perfect will of God in their life, some of them are not going to stay here. Pastor John is going to send you out. You you know, of course, some folks get scared of that. My kids, we we move so many times. You know, matter of fact, Logan said one time, he said, I'm going to get me a, I'm going to rent me a log cabin when I get on my own. I thought, what do you want to rent for, you know? But it's just in her mind. What was that said you said a while ago, right before we came in, Durant? It, she, she said it was kind of a, a street language. 
Durant instead of Durant was Durant. <laughs> we just, we rent and we move everywhere all the time, seeking the will of God. And, uh, you know, I'm not interested. I, I don't care if I sit still. My kids get bored after we stay in a place. At least, you know, if we're there two years, Dad, we got to get out of here. I'm kind of that way myself. I, I don't like sit still. I'm not, I'm not real home. I'm a homie as in the house. You know, but not homie as in a place. You know, I like to be at the house. All right. You know, till we come to oneness of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You know what the word knowledge there means? Recognition, full discernment, acknowledgement of the Son of God. Full discernment. Of the Son of God. Till we come to the full discernment, full recognition of the Son of God. How do you do that? Every member in its place. Paul's given us, a, given us something to shoot for. <laughs> something to believe for. That we can get there. That every person can have that place. And we can have that outpouring of the Spirit of God. And people, and, and we, we wouldn't have to feel sorry for somebody. We'd be happy for them because they received. That henceforth we be no more children. No, 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 no. Of the Son of God unto a what? Unto a perfect man. Who's that? Jesus. We're headed to the manifestation of Christ, the anointed one, his, his anointing in the body. And, and that body gets together, what's the head do? It connects with it. Well, if you hadn't put the body together, the head can't connect. Now, I'm saying that just, just a picture here. You know, he's, already, he's here and he's already leading us. Uh, for, I keep losing my place reading these little words. Unto the measure of status full, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Every joint supplieth. Here's your, here's your church growth program. What if everybody in here prayed for the body? Any individuals prayed for yourself to walk in your gift? And you're praying pray for the rest of the body to find their place. What if we were mindful of that all the time, releasing our faith in that all the time? I believe, but that's the will of God, and that God would begin to move in a greater way than he already is. And we get everybody believe in that. That, that God, God's, I'm, I think he's, I, you know, somebody's obsessed with something. You know what I mean? You know, just, I believe God is obsessed with manifesting Jesus in the church. And it's all he wants to think about it. And, and, and we go in prayer and we say, God, I need this. Could you do this for me? All right. Son. <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm trying to get something bigger than that. We just need to think bigger than that. From whom the whole body fitly joined and compacted by which every joy supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, everybody's measure add, adding to the, play, uh, to the body, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Colossians 2.19 says, And not holding the head from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered, and knit together, increases within the increase of God. John 16 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall, he shall speak, and he will show, it, show you things to come. For he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, Jesus, and shall show it unto you. And all things that Father hath are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and show it unto you. What's he want to show you? That part of Jesus that's been given to you. He wants to, the Holy Ghost wants to show you what part of Jesus is, is in you. John 3, 34 says, Jesus had the Spirit without measure. When the body, when we put the body back together, we will have the Spirit of God without measure. Amen. I mean, I know we want to, I, I, that's kind of been, I want to walk in the, full, the Spirit of God without measure. Well, I can't. Because I've been given a measure. When we, when we all, when we all come together, those, uh, when we all put that measure in together, we'll have the fullness of Jesus in the church. 
Ephesians uh, 1, 22 and 23 says, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. His body is the fullness. <laughs> I just get it, just, I see it clear and clear. I just kind of, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> the fullness, the fullness of him. We are the fullness of him. John 17, 17 through 23, it, it's, that, it says, that they may be perfect in the world, that the world may know that God sent Jesus. When, when we become one, not just grabbing hands and believing for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There's, there's a little more work to it than that. There's a little more work in building the church than that. It takes some prayer. It takes some, it takes some having uh, stepped out, missed it, and come back. Okay, all right, Lord. It, it, takes some, it takes some trial and error. It takes some pushing and pressing into the kingdom of God. But, but if, if we'll have that vision and we'll work at it, we'll work at it day in, day out, that we become one, everybody's gift apply, uh, being uh, uh, ministered to the body of Christ. Now, I want to say these real quickly. You can go look them up later. And this is in, in Exodus 31. You'd have to read, it's 1 through 10, but uh, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. it said, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I've called. I'm not even going to read that. He put, he put gifts. You read the story. He put gifts in everybody. He just put gifts, I mean, put them talent, I mean, gifts to, to somebody who could chisel, somebody who could make gold. He put all these gifts and talents in all of them. Yeah. So for what purpose? To build the temple of God. Uh, then he reared up the court around about, this is Exodus 40, 33, 38. He reared up a tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. There was a lot of work involved. You had to go back and read it. There was a lot of work. Moses had a work to do, and it was to build the temple of God. This one was a tent, but it was, it was, he still had all these pieces to put in there and all the people to be work, all the priests to put in their place. And he said he finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode there, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This is, this is what Ephesians is saying. The habitation of God through the Spirit. We, do we have something less than what the Old Testament had? Come on. If they can have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost when they got everybody in their place, what can we have? Second oh. <laughs> Chronicles uh, 2 verse 1 says, Solomon determined to build a house for the name of the Lord and the house for his kingdom. And then you can go to Second Chronicles 5, uh, Chronicles 5, 1 through 14. Uh, thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in all the things that David's father had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the instruments, put he among the treasures of the house of God. Um, verse 12, And the Levites, which were singers, all of them, these three different people, with the sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. And it came to pass, as the trumpets and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their, their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, his mercy, mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house. We are built together. He, is build, he wants to build together a habitation of God through the Spirit. We can, on purpose, work towards... The manifestation of God. He promised it. It'd be like saying, I, I couldn't, well, I don't know if you could really believe that God would give you a miracle in your body if you need one. I know y'all don't believe that. Can we, can we believe, get in line, step into the gift and grace that God has in our life and actually cause God, I like cause God, but open a way for God to actually do what he's desiring to do? I mean, I'm it, we're, <laughs> we're people sitting around waiting on God's waiting on us. That's right. 
I mean, he's waiting on us. It, we're, we're not, it's not no new thing for him. He's been trying to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in his, chur- in his church, in his body, before the church was here. <laughs> Always wanted that. And they started getting their own plans, their own makeup, their own things. They started doing their own stuff. Next thing, no presence. We can do it. I mean, we can do it. Just think about it. it, it the bigger you get, the harder it would be. A lot of preachers praying for more people. You understand, you, you work with the ones you got, and I heard somebody that knew, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Osteen boy, he, it, and he knows somebody that's in that church, and he said, the, the inner core, he said, there's 200 in there. How many people did you say was in the church? 48,000. 48,000. All right, there's a, there's a body of believers, there's a core of a church that can bring the anointing in the church. Of course, everybody. I, I, I don't believe there ought to be anybody coming to church, sitting in church the rest of their life being helped. Uh, not even being helped. I mean, just coming to church and feeding all the time and never, never ever having a, a, a vision for walking in their ministry. I, that's, <laughs> I, matter of fact, you fill this up, we'll start one down the road, just, uh, what, 15 miles down the road? Start, well, you'll have enough pre- preachers in here. There are enough gifts in here you can split up course now if you're looking to make you a big name and you want to be the big preacher big wig yeah you want to be all that i'd rather the manifestation of christ in the church every day and nobody know my name (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah y'all believe that y'all work towards that y'all pray for that pray for your pastor your pastors (laughs) to lead you there that they could see, I'm telling you, the wisdom of God in them to see what you're called to do. Help you. you might see it, I'm telling you, you ought to see it yourself and then go talk to them and they'll confirm it. Right. Just like the Holy Ghost will confirm it in you. God told me I was going to be a prophet before ever, anybody ever prophesied, anybody ever said anything to me. He told me that in my prayer closet and I never prayed for that at all, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. All I ever prayed for was Luke 14, you know, is that 14? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 418, that's it, 418. Luke 418 and 19. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. It's still on my wall. I read it right before I came, uh, left to come up here. A little plaque I've had a friend of mine painted a long time ago. That's all I want to be is a preacher. It, but he had a will for me, and I found it years later, and then the prophecies came. You ought to find it yourself. You ought to find it in your, in your prayer time. Spin there. You have a gift. You have a powerful gift, and everybody needs it. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor John there. Come on, everybody. Say thank you, Brother Joe. We appreciate that very much. Amen. Praise God. Appreciate that word. I told you, I, I, when, I, when he and I just sit around our conversations, he, goes, he just goes deep like that, just goes way deep. I, I said, I'm going to have to have a fish finder to stay up with you. I, I, radar or something. If you stay hooked up, you get, you get it. It's powerful. And uh, we've been ministered to here today in a powerful way. If you'll let this, this word get a hold of your heart. See, you are designed by God to grow things. You were made from dirt. I know the women think they were made from Adam, but he was made of dirt, ladies. So we all got dirt in us. And you drop a seed out here. We, we, had, we had our rodeo, I mean our uh, play day out here, rodeo play day out here. And that we did not intend for that soil out there to grow anything. We intended for it to be dirt. Right? But we didn't do anything with it for a while. And a bunch of seeds got in there, birds dropping them, or who knows how they got in there, but they got in there. Next thing you know, it's growing stuff. We didn't plow that up to be a garden. We plowed that up to be a rodeo arena, for Pete's sake. But dirt is programmed to grow things. You are made of dirt. You are designed to grow things. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to strain. You don't have to beg God for four hours on your face. Oh, Lord, let what Brother Joe brought will take place. No, 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 no. If you'll just let that drop into your heart right here, you'll grow it. Come on, high five somebody. That right there is good stuff. 
If you if you'll just let that word drop into your heart, receive it. Don't be resistant. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. You're part of this body, part of the temple. Praise God. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff we heard today. I appreciate it so much, so much. Don't you? Amen. I just want you to know uh, we, we, we have an honorary and we're going to give Brother Joe, but if the Lord speaks to your heart to give him a fistful of money, you just help yourself. Amen. 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 He likes those kind of handshakes, I'm sure. Amen. Would you bow your heads just for a minute, please? Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for the anointing that we've received here today. Thank you, Lord, for this gift that you brought us. And thank you, Lord, for the relationship that this church will have with this man for the years to come. We believe in what you're doing. We believe that you brought him to us. We're asking, Lord, that you'll bless him and his family now. And I also, Lord, ask that you'll bless everyone here to keep an open heart, to let these seeds fall into their soil. Amen. Amen. To, to, to grow it. To grow it. To grow it. I believe, God, with your heads bowed just for a moment, I believe every, the Lord is wanting to take everybody here to a new level. You know, good, acceptable, perfect. You may be in one of those levels. Those are all fine levels. They're all, they're all fine. But you hear a message like this not to just stay where you are. You hear a message like this to take that next step, to move into that next level. And I want you to just take a few moments right here, inspect your own heart, and say, Lord, help me move to my new level. Help me move forward. Help me to, to be engaged in all ways that I need to be engaged in, in this body, to be used here in this house, be used here with these people. Help me, Father. Help me be all I can be. I give myself to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, just say it with your own heart. I give myself to you in the name of Jesus. I give myself to you in this way, in this way. I give myself to you, and I know that, that when I give you all that I have, you'll give me all that you have. Hallelujah. And indeed, already have given me all that you have through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Again, with your heads bowed just for a moment, I want to say to those that are here, you heard the gospel preached today that righteousness comes from faith in Christ. Because the Bible says Christ died for our sins. There's not one thing you could have done about it. God had to do something about it, so Christ died for your sins. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried. That means He took them far away. He didn't just go into the earth. He went into hell, and He took your sin all the way to hell. As far as, as, far as it, sin could be removed from you, Jesus took it all the way to hell. So God's not holding it against you today. This, this is good news for somebody. And he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. That means that he triumphed over death, over hell, and over the grave. And the moment you believe in him, you take part in that victory. Amen. You take part in that victory. If you're here today and you say, I'm not sure, but I want to be saved today. I want to say that Jesus is Lord of my life. I want you to just do so by raising your hand. I want to pray with you. If you're here today and you say, I believe the gospel, I, I, have received, I have received Jesus, I believe in him, good. But if, if you've not yet made a faith confession to say, Jesus, come into my life, I want to invite you to do that right now with me, right here, right here, right here, right here. Everyone needs this opportunity. Everyone needs this moment. God bless you. God bless you. Now, now you raise your hand. I want you to pray this prayer with me, and I'm going to ask everybody in the, in the church to help us, help us pray this prayer, okay? Dear God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe the word, the word I heard today. And I believe Jesus died for me. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, Lord of my life, Lord of my everything. Jesus, come in, take full control of me. Help me move forward. My new dimension, my new level, I'm going up. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. I'm through with the world, through with the flesh, and certainly through with the devil. In Jesus' name, I receive this everlasting life. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Come on, let's shout to God for, for joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Good word.